our 35th episode. What does that mean? Do we have to buy Frank each Thomas. other something? No, no. Every, 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 it's always a uniform number of Chicago 90s athletes. So this is the Frank Thomas show. Do you know who that is? No, I don't think we should put that in the headline. No, we won't. Okay. Uh, we're back. We're, we're very lucky once again to have a guest in the studio. Special guest. Quote unquote studio. Kitchen table. It's a studio. It's kind of a studio. Uh, welcome, Chris Black, to the Needle and the Mouse. What's up? Oh yeah, <laughs> Bruno. What's up? Uh, Chris is. You may know Chris from the internet, from <laughs> Twitter. Um, but but he also is the author of of a brand new book called "I Know You Think You Know It All." Is that, is that a good way to pronounce it? Yeah, I think you pronounced it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Advice and observations for you to stand apart in public and online. And we were reading through it again this morning. We it's got it a few funny. weeks ago, and I was flipping back through it again today. It's good, man. This Thank is the, you. This is the kind of thing, um, pithy observations on life that could come across as, as annoying or um, you know too much, but it's not. I really liked it. I'm sure some people will think it's annoying and too much. Well, they, then those are the ones who need it, though. I think so, too. Yeah, so, I think so, too. So, Chris, tell us a little bit about what you do and how you came to write this book, um, other than be funny on Twitter, or maybe that's how you did it. Well, I mean, I can start from the beginning. Um, and what is your Twitter handle? It's at done to death. Okay. Um, but... Yeah, so I, I um, managed bands for a long time, and then I moved to New York and started working with brands um, on on different you know stuff, strategy and social media and all that stuff. It was the pretty early days of of that. Um, so I was a I was a Twitter early adopter, maybe not as early as some people, but you know early enough. Um, so uh, yeah, and I, I I started using it in a way that I thought was was you know would be more beneficial to people, you know, it was, it was informational as opposed to like, I'm eating lunch, Delta, why is my flight late? You know what I mean? Um, so I, and I found that that really worked and people really responded to that. And I really enjoyed doing that because I'm pretty, um, I'm into information. You know, I really like to know what's going on in a lot of different worlds. Um, so I, I was friendly with Wes Delvell, who's the publisher at Powerhouse Books, um, who published the book. And he approached me and, and, and was like, you know, I, my wife and I follow you on Twitter. We think there's something here. Like, here's 50. He, he went and, and found 50 that he thought were funny that would be appropriate, you know, and showed them to me. And that was kind of the starting point. Um, and then I... Uh, downloaded my entire Twitter history into an Excel file, which you can do. And it's very, um, I've done that. It's awful. I have not done that. It's all, don't do it unless you have to. It's weird. Um, but it was necessary, you know, for this. So downloaded the history. And then I, um, worked with an assistant in LA named Nikki Jaggerman, who's like a, you know, she's super into social media. She works on a lot of, like, weird Snapchat stuff and that kind of thing. But she's also, like, a UCB student and, like, into comedy. Um, so her and I sat together in L.A. for hours at a time. And, and I would say 50% of this was stuff from Twitter that was tweaked to be current. And then another 50 were original, you know, that we came up with. Um, so one thing about your Twitter is that you do have all these quips and maybe – 
from you can find a couple funny ones. Never FaceTime in public. <laughs> Ever. Ever. Why would you? That seems so obvious to me, but clearly that's not the case for most of humanity. And there's no shame in going to the mall. I love going to the mall. The mall's great. The mall is great. The mall's great. It's almost, I mean, if you live in New York, I feel like the mall can be even comforting to go yeah. to because it's for me, it's something feels very like, you know, I'm, I grew up going to a mall. You know, that was a thing. On the high end, malls are thriving. On I, the low end, not so much. Sure. Please don't say shit like digital landscape. <laughs> also true. Good advice, man. Is there a quote in there about the using the phrase learnings? No, that's a good one. There's one about curate, okay. which I, you know, is is becoming very ubiquitous. Anyway, good advice. You should buy this book. Where can people buy this book? Uh, the book is available. It's sold out on Amazon, but it's being restocked Whoa. now. That's very impressive. That, well, I think that was – there's many reasons Supply for that. Supply or demand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so you can get – if you want to order online, you can get it at barnesandnoble.com, I think. I don't think. You can get it there. Um, cool. We'll link to there then. Yeah. What about in, in the northwest area of the country? That's where a lot of our readers are, like uh, Seattle, Portland. Powell's Books. Boom. Oh, awesome. And Portland has That's it, which great. I just learned this week. Um, Books and Books in Miami has it. Colette in Paris. Book Soup in L.A. Whoa, dude. Uh, all right. Colette know. is... When you're hitting the Carl water Lager- bar, you can, yeah. you know, yeah. grab a copy. Carl Lagerfeld is reading it right now. I Carl hope Lagerfeld so. Carl Lagerfeld probably has a copy. Drinking a Diet Coke with a straw, just flipping through. Yeah, his butler probably <laughs> brought the, the On a tray. On the tray. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of indie retailers... Um, that bought it, which is pretty important to me. I want it to be like bookstores, you know, St. Mark's books, um, has it in New York as well. Um, the MoMA design store in New York has it, the one in Soho. Um, so it's out there to be bought. Who designed the cover? Um, that was these guys at out. It's called out there. Um, Andrew is his name. Um, he's a very, very talented guy, um, who did it. And weirdly, this is a fun story. he, um, was my neighbor. Like when we, when, when Haley and I, my wife and I first moved into an apartment in the Lower East Side, Andrew Wren is his name and his wife were in the building and him and I would kind of chat cause I could tell he was cool. And then fast forward, like he had designed books for powerhouse before and they're like, Oh, we want this guy to do it. And I was like, Oh shit, I'd know that guy. Um, awesome. so he did it and he, it's far below his, um, you know, normal work, you know, to be doing something like this. But I think uh, he did a great job. It's got a, a bit of that vintage uh, band, po- like gig poster. For sure. To it. Yeah. 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 And I, I, he was very, uh, he was great. It was, it was very easy. I mean, it's, you know, um, it's text. So it's, it's, yeah. it's, once you decide That's on the, harder actually. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Once you decide on the typeface and you kind of the concept, then you just go from there. And that's, it was an easy, that part of it was pretty easy. I think it's a great book for like putting literally putting on your coffee table if you're going to have people over because you can just talk about the things it says. Yeah, I'm hearing that. I'm actually hearing that a lot from people. Um, I mean, it came out Tuesday, but I, you know, I had copies for a while that I gave to all my friends and, you know, press, et cetera. So I've heard I've heard that. And that's that's great. That's the point. You know, I want people to feel called out. Yeah. You know, because sometimes you have people over and you don't really know what to say to them. So uh, you have this book. <laughs> Yeah, that's what like, it's for. Well, you know, I hate board games and love. I think board games like is the are the most boring thing you could possibly do at a party. So maybe this is my version of that. What does that one say? 
That was a little long to read aloud. <laughs> Some of, this is deep, though. Know the difference between friends and coworkers. That's true. It's a big difference. I mean, I've never really had coworkers, mm-hmm. you know, like in the traditional sense. Um, but I think there's there needs to be a line. Well, yeah, and that line gets crossed a lot. Oh, spe- yeah, of course, especially when drinking and drugs are involved yeah. or, you know, whatever the industry may be, you know. Yeah, and I I think also at some point you realize the line was crossed and you can't go back. You can never go no. back. No. You've seen it. You no. can't unsee it. No. You've heard it. You cannot mm-hmm. unhear it. Don't retweet your mom. <laughs> Number I've, 131. I've seen that happen. I mean, this is all – that's the thing. It's all shit. Like last night we were at a at a birthday party for one of my wife's friends and she was very adamant about certain things being about her, mm-hmm. you know. I'm like, no, they're about everybody. That's the whole thing. It's oh. like you're not the only one that loves brunch. Like a lot of people love brunch, you know, and I hate brunch. And I'm going to make fun of it forever. And there, you're you're not alone. There's a lot of people out there. But I also think you know a lot of that stuff. I'm not, uh, you know, I'm guilty too. There's things in there that I've I've learned, I've done, and then learned uh, myself. So I, I'm we're all equal here, you know. Have you ever thought of being a stand-up comedian? Never. And, no. And taking this on the road. I would love. I mean, I I've said this, and I would love to speak. Um, you know, and do my 30 minutes of, of uh, my real dream though, is to just stand up and people ask me questions and I answer them. That's what I would really like to do. Um, like this a little bit. Yeah. It's very similar to this. I mean, I, I said this, um, when I talked to Chris Wallace at interview this week, but Jeff Garland for one of his tours, that's what he did. But Jeff Garland's obviously has a lot more to talk about than I do. He fills the room. That's yes, the, that's the first part. Is you need to figure. He out fills fill the, the room. room. And then you can do whatever you want. He fills the room, and there's a hundred Larry David questions that right. I, can, yes. I I will <laughs> not get those. So that's part of it. But that's a lot of what I want to do. I want to turn it into something like that. I think it'd be really fun to do that. But stand up comedy is is a whole different. I mean, I know a lot about it now, and I have friends that do it, and I listen to all those podcasts of those guys, but I, I, it's pretty daunting. You yeah, know? it sounds terrifying. I also think 32 years old is a little late to try to get in the game. No way, man. No way. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Here, here's something that's always um, confused me, is that Twitter is an inherently, or at least when it started especially, is just an inherently dorky, nerdy thing. How can someone be cool on Twitter – well, is it, is it actually embracing question. the nerdiness? Like, how do you how do you be cool on Twitter? I don't even. I, it's cra- I've never thought about uh, that. Not to even suggest that you're cool on Twitter. <laughs> I think it's. Cool on cool I think on it's what Twitter. you're sharing. I mean, I think it's what you're sharing. You know, if if it's like like I said, if you're sharing what you had for lunch, that's not cool. You know, whereas I'm sharing things that I I think are cool, and there's a small number of people that agree with me. You know, so that. Because, you know, people ask me, like, oh, Twitter, blah, blah, blah. How many followers do you have? And I'm like, oh, like 75, none, you know, in the That's scheme so of things. That's so crazy. Well, but it's not about that. It's about quality. Yeah. Like, there's, it's the right – I, I Engagement. like – Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to think it's the right people as opposed to the 100,000 people that don't really care, you know. Well, the thing I like about your Twitter, other than all the funny shit, is that you are, like, the best aggregator I've ever come across. Oh, well, thank you. You consume so much content. 
I do. My another favorite, word? one of my favorite words. <laughs> is that a buzzword? Yeah, I mean, well, it's probably made it's fun of in there because I think about it's a marketing tool. Being like a photographer and and being in a meeting and someone calling your work content. Con- yeah, exactly. It's like it, it's it's the commercialization of all that kind of material or whatever. But I really enjoy it because I learn a lot about music and other industries that I'm not as interested in as yeah. fashion. Yeah, and that's and the goal. Good. That's and the goal. It's kind of intermixed with these these um, words of wisdom. You know? I mean, I love all – I mean, those are all things that I tr- – you know, I was in the music business for years. I grew up um, – music was by far the most important thing to me. And then I discovered magazines and, you know, when I started – shoplifting the face and id and days and all those cool british magazines you know those things that took over and you know whatever but um when you move to new york it's it's you're just set you know you're bombarded by so many things so it's like whether it's media shit that people don't really even get that i'm talking about or it's music or it's fashion or whatever and you know when you're married to someone who writes about women's fashion you know more than you should about it probably yeah, you Understood. know, yeah, you know how that goes. Just to preface, Chris is married to Haley Phelan, who is a great fashion writer and is also one of my friends slash coworkers. I have another question for you, which is more of a um, technique question. <laughs> you mentioned a lot of like, you know, not to say that you're dropping names, but you, you know, since we've been talking, even before we started taping, you mentioned that you just kind of meet people in the building or like yeah. you just randomly know your neighbors. How do you do that? It's really hard in the city, I find, to um, just get to know someone even who lives next door. What do you? What's your approach to that? Well, let me – neighbors, I think, is a very fine line yeah. because they're your yeah. fucking neighbor. Right. You know, you don't really want to see – you know, they see yeah, you at your worst. people next door really don't like – yeah. Oh, plenty of neighbors don't like me. They can smell the weed and they don't, you know, they don't like that. But, um, like it's, I, I'm an open, you know, I'm an open, friendly person and I don't, you know, if, if somebody's interesting, I want to, I want to talk to them. I do think it's that we're not really that open of people. That's like, this is lame, but one of my new year's resolutions this year was to force myself to introduce myself to people I don't know. That's a, that's a, I mean that's a way better New Year's resolution. Like go to the gym, yeah, like that, that. You know that's I'm like not going to the gym. that's <laughs> that's actually useful. You know that could actually lead to something. It's been I, I've done it almost every time. There was one recent time I didn't do it that I'm still mad about, but I, it's been working. It's good. It's it's not like I need a best friend, but you know if somebody like you know a little small talk. I mean it's it's led. I can think of. You know, multiple examples where it's led to very positive experiences, whether it be work and money making experiences or just like, oh, I learned something like they got, you know, like Nick Morgenstern, who owns Morgenstern's ice cream place in El Rey and GG's like, I don't know people who own restaurants, you know, and I'm interested in that. I love to hear him tell me about the inner workings of that and expansion plan, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's interesting to me, you know, but we've never hung out. We, we talk at the gym. We've never yeah. hung out. So we'll both, we'll sit there for 45 minutes at the gym and talk and it's yeah. great. And it'll go beyond that. But it's, it's also like, you know, he's a successful, interesting guy Yeah. So, and, and it's not my industry. So it's, to me, it's interesting, you know, yeah, it's super interesting. I wonder if it's also being from the South. Definitely is. No, no. There's a, I mean, my, my mother, like 
will talk to the person in line at the grocery store. The whole, you know, like, yeah. how are you? Like, nice to meet you. You know, that that that's definitely something I grew up. And maybe I, you know, I never thought about that until now. But my mom is definitely like that. Very open, very friendly. Mine is too, which, but for me, that that was like reactionary. For me, it was so the don't, opposite. I'm also. not doing what what yeah. my mom does. Yeah. Well, it is weird when I'm from Pittsburgh, and that's not the South, but it's a very weird area. It's like not the East Coast. It's not the Midwest. It's not the South. It's like Baltimore. It's the its same own. Kind of thing. Um, but I noticed that the last time we were there, that people were just super friendly. Yeah. And it. I was like recoiling the whole time. I mean, people are the super friendly. The, the, our quote unquote Uber driver, <laughs> this, this old guy who drove us for like Y U B E R. Yeah, yeah. guys like the Uber. He asked us what our like annual income was. Wow. He was a real. Wow, really getting deep. Really, yeah, he was a real friendly. Um, cool. Well, I'm. I think everyone should buy the book. That's for sure. And I'm not just saying, especially that. when they can. If you can. No one it's thinks rare, that more than a, me. Yeah. It's a limited edition, so get it now. It's actually a book that is worth – because the thing is now you don't – you can buy all these books on your Kindle app or whatever. You can buy coffee table books, but no one is actually ever going to look through them when you have people over. I really feel like this can – be used as social lubrication yeah and that's like i never that never crossed my mind uh when we were working on it and now i'm hearing that like i said you know i'm hearing that feedback a lot which is it's nice because i think that's a great i might know. buy it for my cousins i think it's I think a good it's both like it right if i had this book when i was probably 12 i would have probably done a lot better in life so that's excellent feedback. That's exactly what I'm looking to hear. You know, that's exactly what I'm looking to hear. So we wanted your opinion on a lot of other stuff too, because you you have very strong opinions about things. I do. Yeah, that. Yeah, I do. So, Hit me. Chris, what do you think of my Apple Watch? So, so Dan is wearing an Apple Sport Watch, but you. So, from tell them about right, your. We situation. have to talk about this week. So the Apple Watch came out on Friday. Thursday, I was loaned a. Um, what you would call the standard Apple Watch uh, collection watch. I think it's just called Apple Watch. The Milanese loop. With the Milanese loop. That's what Chris is holding right now. Uh, and not, I wearing, not, not wearing, not holding. Well, yeah, actually, I, re, I, re, I wiped yeah, it. I can't even turn it on. Turn it on. Um, and I wrote like a 24-hour review for Quartz, which we'll link to the um, in the show here. But uh, I thought it was interesting – and now, and on Friday, mine came, so now we have two of them. Mine, Lauren's is mine still is not, not here. Coming. Did you guys order these? Oh, yeah. we pre-ordered them at three o five a.m. Wow, I, I was not awake. Okay, wow. guys. Mine isn't Whoa! Wow. Yeah. <laughs> mine isn't um, arriving till May twentieth. Anyway, uh, obviously, there's a lot to learn about it that I'll, that will. Like, no one really understands how it works yet. Even the people who made apps for it, because none of them had one. Um, unless they were like one of you know fifty super elite companies that Apple seeded them with, so most of the apps are absolute garbage, totally fucking useless. Like don't even don't even bother with them. But some of them are don't really worry, I, I wasn't going to. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really it's it's interesting because some of them ter- have turned out to be really useful already. Like if you can launch Shazam five seconds faster than fishing out your phone from your pocket changes the whole experience and 
you don't have to be the guy holding your phone to the speaker. Yeah, that's a good speaker. point. You know, yep. just touch a button on your wrist and just kind of hang out there. That was pretty cool. Anything where the use case is like 10 to 15 seconds long and having a 5 to 10 second speed advantage really counts. Like that's the, that's where it's going to come into play. That makes sense. But what I've found, like I've had it now for, I don't know, two and a half, three days. What i found is that almost all the time you're not using it. It's just sitting there on your wrist. So because you – it's it's actually uncomfortable to use it like for more than ten seconds. So um, that's it's, not it's, that's a that's not a good indication. Well, no, but that's the whole it's... point. It's a watch. It's not like let's not kid ourselves. It's most of the time it's jewelry. It's still a watch. Yeah, it's still a watch. You know, not necessarily in the timekeeping sense, but in the physical appearance and you know what it looks. Yeah, I mean, it's attached to your wrist, like a watch is. That's how how it it works. And I haven't worn a watch in 15 years, so this is still super weird for me. I was really worried that typing would be really uncomfortable or walking around. Like, it is kind of – it is a little bulbous, and I was worried that um, the shirt sleeve would be a problem. So far, both of those things have been totally fine, but you can still feel it. And this sport one is actually noticeably lighter than the main one, so I'm really happy I did get the sport one. Um, so what do you think about the Apple anyway. Watch, Chris? I mean, I would never in a million years. Do you think that you'll buy one in like three years? No, no. I can't. I mean, I've had... Do you still have a BlackBerry? I wish. I'll, I, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> okay. Um, I, you know, I bought a Panerai watch, which is, you know, like a serious watch. Yeah. I sold that. I bought a Rolex, like... I don't wear any of those. Yeah. I can't wear them. They're uncomfortable. So uh, it's partly that. Like, I'm not going to wear a watch because I don't like how it feels. Like, it, it bothers me. Um, I just think this is going to be um, a misstep for Apple, though. I, I don't think this is going to work. Like, I, I mean, it, it works. I, I mean, it's not going to be a hit. You know, it's not going to take off. Also, they're pretty expensive, aren't they? You start at three fifty. That one you're holding, I think, is about seven fifty or eight hundred. Um, the really expensive ones are kind of like a wink, almost. Like they only made a few of them. Like so they have like, like a leather bot. Like it's the seventeen thousand dollars. Those are like, for like Chinese billionaires. Well, now you're yeah. now I'm listening. Yeah, uh, most of, yeah, right. <laughs> wait, hold on. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't they're, they're, see they're this. They're about the same price as the first iPod cost or, you know, the first It iPhone. reminds me of of Shinola. It's an unnecessary thing. Yeah. It's It's, you don't, like, if I'm going to buy a watch, I'm going to buy a classic expensive watch that I could, ha- I will have forever, that maybe I will give to a child, a, a son, whatever, something like that. I, I, I think this is a flash in the pan. But I had never been to the Shinola store in Tribeca. Um, and I went the other day and I watched a guy, you know, like a fat businessman guy, just buy a $1,000 watch without thinking about it. Yeah. Because in my mind, watches are either a Rolex or a Panerai or a Patek, whatever, you know, like yeah. IWC, like that level of watch, or it's like a Timex. I think the thing about Shinola... I totally have an am annoyed by the like constructed fake heritage stuff. I think that most people do not have great taste. 
but five or 600 bucks was, which is what those start at are just nice enough. It's not about having like a fancy watch. It's about like buying into it's the guy who started Shinola started fossil. I think it's a very similar thing, but just a little more expensive. And I think that that's why they'll probably succeed. Oh, I mean, Um, I think they are. And I also like that store. Like there, I have actually other products in the store, but not, not a watch. The thing about the Apple watch that I'm getting nervous about, I don't care about the way it looks. I don't, I just said, I just wrote a little thing in my newsletter about this. I finally realized what is the problem with fashion and tech and tech. People think that to be fashionable, something needs to like look perfect or look, look fashiony. And they're looking to the fashion world to make, and the Apple's doing the same thing. Like they are recruiting all these fashion editors to wear the watch. They gave a watch to Carl Lagerfeld. They want fashion to make it cool but that's not how it works. It's like Birkenstocks are not pretty, but fashion people like them because they they like do something for you. And also they're comfortable and, the, and there are all these ways of something being stylish. It, it doesn't have to look perfect. I don't care about the way the watch looks, but I want it to do stuff. And if it's if it's just a watch, like you're saying, that's what makes me nervous about it. Not just for me, but for apple in general because no one wants to wear a watch like it's definitely not just a watch like i, I don't want yeah. i don't want to give away but if that i impression. have if i have a macbook air yeah i have a mac desktop i have an ipad mini i have an iphone do i need the watch no one needs the watch sure sure but I, i'm saying specifically yeah. for one. me if it's not to flex and be like i have this i have it first right what what's the point? Um, I think this is the kind of thing where it's going to take a few years for that to work itself out. I yeah. mean, if you look at the first iPhone, it was actually it did a lot less. It did some things a, a million times better than any other phone until then, which is why it destroyed Palm and BlackBerry and all those companies yeah. eventually, um, and Windows Mobile and all that shit. But the first iPhone didn't run apps. Whereas my Palm Trio at the time had been running apps for a long time. a Palm Trio. Yeah, man. Early adopter. It didn't have um, 3G. It had, you know, slower. Yeah. There were a lot of things that it just didn't do. And in this case, like, no one has been writing apps for the wrist for for very long. Um, You know, not even people at Apple. So It's going to take some time. You know, how many years did it take before there were enough iPhones in the world for Uber to exist on both the supply and demand side, like several years. No, that's true. Um, it's very true. How many, you know, it's going to be a little while before and, and almost every iPhone app that has an, um, like I said earlier, that has a watch app is totally is worthless. Like Yelp app, forget it. Why? Cause they just threw it together in time for the launch. Yeah. And they, I mean, they had to, they didn't really have a choice. Like they wanted to be there on the first day and they're like, all right, well, what's the simplest version of our product that we can put on here? And so you have, like, the Twitter stream. But trying to read the Twitter stream on your watch and not being able to click any links or see the conversations, it's garbage. There's yeah. no there's no point. I mean, that's annoying. Um, however, uh, getting a direct message uh, that's timely and seeing it. So the other day, I was getting ready to leave for the office. I was walking out the door, and I got a, a tap on my wrist. From my coworker sending oh, me a, quickly, a like how does it does it just vibrate or alert you? It's, it's a little more than a vibrate. It's like 
almost. Oh. Like, I'll, I can give you a demo of it. But um, so anyway, I got a direct message from my coworker saying, "Hey, can you um, edit this post that I want to get up very quickly?" If I didn't have the watch on, I would have left the building, been walking to the train, like fished out my phone to put on a podcast, and then I would have seen that, and you know. Probably not turned around because it probably would have been dumb, and I and I would have missed that opportunity. Where anyway, that was like a random, you know, I, happenstance. I also, but the other thing I like about it is it tells you to get up and move. It's like yeah. you should get like up and move for move. a minute. Well, yeah, which so I, fitness I mean, is part of it too. Which I I don't know. Like, it's novel, so we'll see. I think that I think that that it doesn't have to be Apple doing that. It could be any of those things, but. I've never seen, like, I don't think the Fitbit does that. It doesn't tell you you should get up and no. move for a minute. I think that's The new Jawbone I've been testing also does that, but it doesn't. But that new Jawbone is not, do you, do you like it? Um, <laughs> no, I don't, I would not wear, a, I would not wear, like, one of those simplistic standalone fitness things ever again because most of that stuff can be put in your phone and, yeah. you know, it's also in this watch thing. and. We'll see. Like, ask me in a month if I'm still wearing this every day. I, I mean, I the thing know. about it for me is that it's just not – it's not sexy. It, it's, it looks a little yeah. – for Apple, it's a little clunky, I think. All right. Well, remember the first iPod and the first iPhone. Of course. IPhone. Of I course. Mean, of it'll, course. Get, it'll get thinner. It is, it is, it's definitely a little bulbous. That's for – It's not know. offensive. It's not yeah. offensive. And it's it not. feels nice. It's not super heavy or anything. I, I wrote in my, in my first – in, you know, my post with my initial reactions, Apple has definitely passed the glass hole test. Like, this is not like Google Glass where if you see someone walking down the street wearing an Apple Watch, you're not going to be like, look at that fucking asshole. But it's also not on your face. True. You well, know? That's, again, yeah, exactly. I, we'll see. I mean, so it comes out when? It's out. It's out. You, it's out. You can't buy one, though. They're sold out. They're sold out until June. And do you think it's the thing where, like, it's being flipped in China? Like, is it popular like that? Is it is it creating that kind of buzz like the way most Apple products do? The reason that the last iPhone was especially like that is because it was not available in China. So I people see. Were, were buying it here and then taking it there. it there. Whereas one of the reasons the Apple Watch is in such short supply is that they it's launched available. it in nine countries to begin with, including China. So the smart. U.S. got That's a lot smart. less inventory than they normally would. Um, and I don't think there's anywhere. Like, there they, there were a few retailers that had stock uh, on Friday when it launched, like Colette, I think, did. Of and course. in L.A. Uh, what's that place in L.A.? That Maxfield? Uh, no. Well, maybe. I don't what? remember. Yeah, it was Maxfield. Oh, okay. I'm surprised and opening ceremony doesn't have their hands in this I'm, somehow. I'm kind of surprised by that too, but maybe mm, maybe not. Maybe Apple's like, yeah, you you guys want to do that thing. stupid ugly thing uh, with Intel. Well, have fun. That have was fun with that Intel. was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, so we'll see. Ask me in a month. Like maybe there will start to be some promising things on here. You know, I last night I was using it to check the score of the Bulls game. Uh, that was kind of slow. Like it because it. The, wa- the watch doesn't have its own SIM card or anything. Like, it's talking to your phone, which is talking to the towers. And then it's got to come back down to the phone and then back to the watch. So there's definitely technical reasons why it's not as good as it will be in a, f- in a few years once they figure out the batteries and the chips and all that kind of stuff. Um, and, and what's the charge like? How does I mean, I, you showed me the charger, which is yeah. it's cool. But, like, how long? 
It lasts all day. I, you know, I've had. A but you have to charge it like a phone. Like every night, you yeah, gotta charge yeah. it. It takes two hours to charge it. Okay. Um, it's uh, it you know it requires its own special charger, which now you're like, all right, how many freaking USB cords do I have in my my bed stand? Like when I'm traveling, I gotta remember to bring that. And now I have the new MacBook, which doesn't even have a USB port on it. So yeah, that's annoying. Um, but the charging is not. That's a non-issue. Okay. Like, you know, it, yes, you do have to charge it every day, but it's not. It's not like the battery's running out at noon or something like. That. Yeah. Um, I, just, I can't wait till I get uh, until I get mine, so we can talk about how we use it as a couple. Yeah. I can't wait for that either, guys. Yeah. I mean, it does some cool stuff. Like you can. Um, well, there's like a very gimmicky feature where you can send someone your heartbeat, oh, but God. you can also send like a really short message from. You're watching. You can, you can answer the phone on it. Is can, there find my friend on it? We've not been, yet. We need that. Yeah. Can you take creep shouts on it? Not yet. But you can use it as That's a, surprising to me. You can use it as a viewfinder for your camera. So if you're trying to take a selfie, you can use that as the... Uh, huh. That's not a very good use for it. Though. Uh, no, it's not. But it's, you know, it's a bell and whistle. But anyway, so the criteria for... A great Apple Watch app will be something where quick, uh, quickness matters to retrieve it and also very short usage sessions. And ideally, where maybe being a little more subtle counts. Like, you know, I don't know. So we'll see. But, I'm, you know, you're not going to read a book on it. You're not, you're not going to it's, – it's physically uncomfortable to hold your arm out, you know. Yeah, for sure. And there's no one-handed use either. Which I learned while walking to the train the other day with with coffee in one hand and a bag in the other. It's not like a phone, which you it's, can just use with your thumb. You literally have to use if you have both two hands arms, full, yeah. unless you tap it with your nose or something like that. Um, Interesting. I would like you to try that. I I have actually. <laughs> I'm the guy in the winter using his nose to. I've also I've also tried yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've also tried um, that. And Apple Pay. I used it to buy uh, groceries at Whole Foods the other day, and the guy was this like, "This guy just cutting edge, man." Uh, I'm guy, like trying to guy, pay cash, and they're all like, "Oh my, this we don't guy!" Pay cash anymore? The guy at Whole Foods is like, "Just pay with your watch." Okay, yeah, man, get with the times, yeah, man. Uh, it was it was interesting. It was funny. We were out to dinner on Thursday night, and there were people like, "Look, he has an Apple Watch." Oh yeah, I just don't think it's going to the way that the the demand of the phone and you know the way that really the the phone initially the iPod and then the phone brought people to Apple like my parents who would now want to buy an Apple computer yeah. i don't think this is going to take i don't think this is going to bring any new customers i i don't think kids like i don't think it's going to be a thing for the youth which i think is really important to the growth of the right. phone and the iPod yeah I, so it can't Unless the kid has an iPhone, they can't have an Apple Watch yet because the, the phone and the watch have to talk to each other. But I'll tell you, when I was in third grade or whatever and I had one of those Casio calculator watches, I programmed in my whole schedule so that it would show me when the next class was coming up. Yeah, so I had a, everyone's phone number in there. Like if I, had, if I had this when I was eight years old, I would have been amazing. Even the guy. It would have been crazy. Yeah. I was that guy, yeah. So that's your context for – Well, you were definitely the target customer though. For the Apple Watch? I think, yeah. Probably, yeah. And, I mean, to be honest, like, I think that Apple would be okay if the first year were just kind of nerdy people and 
rich Chinese, uh, yeah. you know. Gold, well, it's also about, like, being into tech stuff and being an early adopter and, yeah. like, you know, willing to try and, you know. It's de- Yeah, I mean, this is definitely one of those things where I know that in three years it's going to be a lot more capable. I don't know if it's going to be useful enough to enough people that it will be a mass market thing then. I'm not convinced of that what, yet. What do you think will be their next mass market thing? Obviously, you know I'm obsessed with them doing an actual TV. That's not happening. doesn't seem to be happening. I don't know. Now there's rumors they're making a car. <laughs> I just – why don't they make a TV? I they might. I, I mean – TVs I, are I, so ugly. I think they've ran out. I think they've done it. I mean a computer – the MacBook Air is the best thing that ever happened to they me. Just, like, like I don't right? Isn't I that just, crazy? Yeah. It's like Eleven inch a MacBook TV Air screen, like a nice looking TV screen. That's all. I but want. it's like those monitors. Like they're so expensive compared to other ones. It's like you have to be fully invested in the aesthetic portion of it because you can get one that is equally as good for a thousand dollars. You can spend five thousand or whatever on the on the the, the Apple version. You know. Yeah. Okay. Should we our our weekly Apple Watch segment? Maybe we should. <laughs> it should we'll come it. to an end. Yeah. And well, next maybe next show we'll have more to say because I'll actually have used it for longer. Yeah. And so, maybe I'll even have been uh, mugged for it. That's what I hope happens. We have two, so you're fine. <laughs> so two things. One, my iPhone has been buzzing during this experience. I hope it's not annoying for the reader, for the listener. Um. The other thing is we have a reader probably comment. less annoying than the hosts. So yeah, we have a listener. Co- we have a listener qu- kind of question, but just more wants us to talk about the m- technification of menswear. So, <laughs> like, if only can you tell me what that Chris. can you tell if me only, what that means? <laughs> so. No, he made made a good point. I've actually written about this before. So he says we talk a lot about, like, athleisure, athletic fabrics, technical fabric, blah, blah, blah. He asked if we're familiar with Outlier, which is this. I'm very familiar with Outlier. Um, And then there's also, I guess, the Taylor Stitch guys have launched athletic shorts. They're called Oliver's. Very familiar with that as well. Okay, great. See, this this is the perfect. So here, so he just wanted to put those on our radar. I, I'm also familiar with Outlier. Um, I was not familiar with the Taylor Stitch guys thing. But here's the thing. I, I did a story about this stuff, and I interviewed the Ministry of Supply guy who who made – so the idea with this is that, like, if you commute to work and you you don't want to be sweaty and gross when you – if you bike to work, you don't want to be gross. They make shirts – that it have technical fabric that dry the way your Nike, you know, running yep. shorts dry. But looks like a shirt. But looks like a shirt is stylish. I, I think Outlier and, and Taylor Stitch are probably, like, even more fashion-y than something like Ministry of Supply, or there are a couple other ones. Um, there isn't a ton of this in women's stuff. I know Outlier makes stuff for women's also. There isn't as much of it in the women's market, and the story I did was more focusing on the women's market, so it was hard to do. But um, it, it's – what do you guys think? Like, do you – to me, the big issue – and they all say that this isn't a problem, but the smell of the fabric um, – they all say that they use charcoal and, you know, have figured out ways to make the fabrics not smell bad. Um, the other thing is, do you really need this? Like, isn't cotton naturally 
the best thing to wear anyway. Like, what do you guys think? Would do you think that this is a value, good value proposition, Chris? I mean, I think Outlier makes really good-looking stuff. Yeah. Um, and they're very bright guys, and they've hired serious designers. Yeah. So it's the product has gotten even better as time yeah. has gone on. Um, and they've been around since 2008. Yeah, no, they've been so. doing it for a while. I, I mean, I met them very early on and was very super impressed with the operation. I don't buy it, um, but I'm not that I wouldn't, you know what I'm, yeah. it's, it's just, it's like, it's very much on my radar and I have some stuff they gave me when I met them that time. And it was, it's interesting, you know, yeah. it was ahead of its time for sure. Like the, the details that, I mean, I don't bike and I will never bike. So that doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Um, but if, if I'm not mistaken, outliers popularity was really started with a pant. They made yeah. like a pant that looks like a slack, you know, that you could wear to work, but it was fully functional tech, like yeah. sweat wick, etc. But all of this shit to me, like I'm going to just buy Nike. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I don't need that. And I yeah. think a very small portion of the population needs yeah. that, like a, a something to go from, you know, riding your bike and getting sweaty in the summer in New York to work. That's a very small yeah. amount of the population. Well, from as a really sweaty guy, I'm curious to know, like, would you want one of these shirts? Because when we go to weddings you're, in the no. summer, you're always like, oh, I'm going to be sweaty. And I used to sell this stuff. I mean, my college job was selling outdoor gear, um, technical climbing gear and all that yeah. shit. And they've been doing it forever. You know, for me, I either want, the most technical thing possible, like if I'm actually doing something physical, I'm going to want proper wicking base layer and a mid-layer. That's like the problem with cotton is as, as a base layer, if you're doing anything, uh, you know, very physical is that cotton robs your body of heat. It, when, when your cotton shirt gets sweaty. Also makes your nipples bleed. It, right, yeah. You know? it pull, it's abrasive and it pulls the heat out of your body and actually warms the shirt um that's the problem with cotton so don't wear cotton if you're you know gonna be hiking in for 12 miles in in the cold um but i don't do that very often and um and if i'm gonna buy just a normal thing i'm gonna buy something that is not necessarily performance driven but is more you know cut the way i like it or it looks nice on me like real natural Natural ingredients like look at, and look at this outlier stuff looks really good. Yeah. So you we go to a wedding, you wear need a white shirt. If this is gonna make you sweat less, would you think about buying it or that's no? the thing though. I don't think it will make me sweat less. I think it'll pull the sweat further out into it's gonna pull the sweat. Yeah, it's from not like wearing skin. linen, it's just yeah. it's gonna pull the sweat into my suit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Oh, okay. That's actually what it so does. It's not... I wore I wore these uh Patagonia um, polyester like performance boxers once and all they do is make your jean ass wet and those things smell real and, they, weird. and it smells oh, gross. I'm sure they I mean, they all say it literally that... makes your jeans wet because the sweat moves out one layer yeah the, it just stays the crazy thing to me about all that performance fabric that I have I mean I think we've talked about this before on the podcast but we I did the story on this sheet company 37.5 I think it's called and they make like climate control sheets and we tried them out for a long time and I actually really like them and do think they're good and they don't smell at all 
and I don't understand that. And it's not just because we clean our sheets occasionally. It's they just don't smell. So I do think it's possible. But the thing I've noticed, because I started running like six months ago, and I didn't ever have any workout clothes. I wore my lacrosse T-shirt from high school and like not even American apparel leggings to work out. And suddenly I needed stuff that was like real workout clothes. Yeah, if you're running, you really need it. The crazy thing to me is how not how stinky that stuff gets really fast. And I not yes. to get gross, but I'm not like a super sweaty person. I'm not I don't have like BO issues. I don't know, do I? I don't think I do. Nope. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can't say that I don't, but I don't, I'm not a super I would tell you, person. I would tell you, and I would, I would be honest to the audience but if you did. Like, <laughs> I have, there's this one brand that I really, really like, and I don't want to say, because I'd rather just tell them privately that this is an issue for them, um, but I, because I really like the brand, but the tops are so stinky. They're like, I literally come back from my run, take off the top, and it already smells. Whereas Nike is a little better. Like, it's not, it, it takes a, I can wear it a couple times, but their, their sports bra, I swear to God, it smells before you even put it on. It smells like BO. It's just not, so if they're not there, it, I, how, how are you going to make a, a, a nice shirt not stink if, if the, people who have been developing these fabrics and the this new company is obviously using fabrics that are have were developed a long time ago they're not developing new new things on their own so if if they're using fabrics that have like been refined for 15 20 years and they still stink how can you make a shirt that doesn't smell weird i, I mean know. i don't think we'll ever be at a point where if, a shirt won't smell bad if you sweat in it for yeah. hours. You know, I think that's yeah. that's just what it is. I think um, it just what's comes. What's the point? Yeah, right. I mean, it's just it's um, it's who you want to be, right? If you're if you want to show off your mild outdoorsiness in your pants, then go for it. But that's not the look that I want right now, so I'm, I'm not. I think Outlier though does a good job of making things that are like yeah. cool looking. Yeah. It doesn't this matter. Stuff looks really like cool. I don't care what it does. I'll just buy it because it's cool. Yeah. I don't need. I mean, that's a bonus that it does those things. You know, yeah. it's, it's it's more about like, oh, that looks nice. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's kind of a key. There's something just has to look really good or act have a real true use, and it. For it to be sellable, you know, like the the watch is a good example of that too. To bring it back. Sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you wanted to talk about? No, that was good. Chris, thanks for for being on the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Chris, where can people find you? Uh, on Twitter, it's at Done to Death. On Instagram, it's at Done to Death Projects. Who has Done to Death on Instagram? Some guy who's got 50 followers that are all people I personally know. And there's not a, I don't even know if there's a single image there. You sure it's not you? It's not me. Okay. Well, no, it's not me. Because I didn't have an iPhone. I didn't have other. Oh, background. yeah, that's right. Um, Wait, so you, do you have an iPhone now? Yes, I do. Oh, okay. I, don't, I don't have the 6, which is embarrassing. Um, that's but all right. I recently, just a quick sidebar, I was recently um, with my uh, wife's sister's fiance, James. 
and he is a proud Canadian. He had the new Blackberry Classic. Ooh. Wow. And that shit is tight. Like yeah. it it's it's exactly what they should have made when they tried to make touchscreen. Right. It's exactly because you can do all the touchscreen stuff, full keyboard. It's very nice. Did you ever use the the Storm? No. That thing was. It was a dud. Very problematic. Yeah. You should call in a a review unit of the BlackBerry Classic. Yeah. Maybe I will. It's really nice, and apparently, it's. I mean. I think finance, like certain people use them because yeah. that's what they use. But I don't, I mean, I think it's too far gone. Yeah, definitely. You know? Like it's too well, far. Well, the fashion industry used them for years. Well, the Kardashians still use them. Oh, really? If you watch the Kardashians, they, they have Blackberries. Should we start watching the Kardashians? Sure. They have both. I mean, they have an iPhone. Oh. I would, I would probably have both too because there's still not Instagram, Instagram for Blackberry. I'm pretty okay. sure. Yeah, that would be an issue if you were a Kardashian, especially. Yeah. They should just make BlackBerry keyboards for iPhones. They do. There's a $100, like, Mophie-style yeah, attachment. Yeah, like, BlackBerry should make them. Interesting. Agreed. They, um, you know who made one was Ryan Seacrest. That's the one I'm talking about. Yeah, and BlackBerry Super sexy him. Ryan Seacrest. They, they sued, sued him, him because the keys were literally the exact same. But it's still out in the market, I, yeah, I think. Yeah, they had to redo the keyboard. So it's pro- it they made like changed one thing probably, to make yeah. it less. That thing is great, and I've seen yeah, people use it, it, and yet. it looks great. Nice. Well, we'll pull should one we, in. Should we wrap it up? All right. Well, anyway, thanks for listening. Yeah. Um, that thanks. was Chris Black. Yeah. Thanks for being here, book. Chris. Thanks. Thanks for being here. My pleasure. Um, the needle and the mouse. You can listen to us. Uh, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, our website is theneedleandthemouse.com, and you can always send us questions at hello at theneedleandthemouse.com or on Twitter at needleandmouse. Oh, and the one question that someone asked we'll address next week. Why did you just say that? What a <laughs> teaser. You can cut that out. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. We'll leave that in. Uh, our theme music is by Alan Lawrence. Thank you, Alan. Thank we you, love Al. you. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.